Welcome everyone to another installment of the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast. Today I'm joined by Vile Milias, Head of Marketing at Future Shepherd Entertainment, Kili Galungimato, CMO at High Pipe, formerly Frogmind, and Yepa Kuni, Head of Publishing at Monday Factory. And we are here to talk about the future of marketing. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, and Nordic's Managing Director here at Evolution. I really hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Before we begin, let's start with some introductions. Kili, do you want to kick us off? Thank you, Harry and, and, and all. So, um, well, I'm Kili. Or people call me Killy. Um, mom called me Yarno when I've done something wrong, but Killy is good here. Uh, I don't know if I should have shared that. So, uh, well, I've been working in gaming industry for 15 years uh, in game and tech. Uh, before this current gig at Hype Hype, I worked 10 years at Microsoft, uh, mostly marketing Xbox consoles, uh, games such as Halo, Forza, Minecraft. I also did a couple of years of Surface, Windows, and, and Office. Uh, that didn't work out that well, so I came back to games and I've been doing like games and hyper casual games and stuff like this. Currently I'm working at uh, Hypehype, which is a new online platform for uh, that kind of like, we try to take game creation from months of complex PC coding to, to just hours of visual editing on the go with a phone or a tablet. And we kind of like believe that in, in democracies in uh, game development and, and giving like everyone who has a phone a chance to make and play games with friends and, and all. So that's what we try to build. I've been here for uh, three years. I do marketing and all kind of like stuff that uh, uh, is is suitable for a startup like this. So anything that is needed. Lovely, Ville. Uh, I mean, I just want to give Harry a shout out to you for getting through all those weird last names. That was brilliant work. How you guys doing? I'm Vedele. I've been doing this gig for over a decade now. Uh, I'm the Yang to. Achilles Yeng, I didn't get that right, but don't worry about it. Started my career at PlayStation against his Xbox experience. Been doing mobile, uh, PC, and console games. Currently working at Good Shepherd Entertainment, working on such titles as Killer Clowns from the Outer Space, a new asymmetrical horror survivor game, and new Hellboy title as well, and a few others that, of course, we can't yet talk about. Very happy to be here and everybody's smiling, so this is going good. All right, pleasure to be here. And finally, Yep. Hi, guys. Uh, thanks, Harry. Uh, very excited to be here. My name is Yep. I've been in the games industry for yeah more than 10 years now. I started my early days in the App Store, uh, you know, before there was uh, any free to play games and it was all premium. Kind of grew up there through uh, production and publishing roles. I worked on and shipped the uh, original Subway Surfers. That's kind of my claim to fame. Uh, and then I've uh, been in a number of different companies, both across hypercasual and and lately uh, I joined the Funday Factory, um, which is a mid-sized game developer in Aarhus, uh, Denmark. Uh, I work as head of publishing and. That essentially means that uh, I'm in charge of making sure our games uh, reach as many players as possible across platforms. Uh, got some really cool uh, cross-platform uh, premium games coming out. Uh, uh, most excited to to uh, be working on Don't Die in the West, which is kind of like uh, Stardew Valley meets uh, Spaghetti Westerns, uh, and it's coming out later this year. But uh, we've got a number of uh, unannounced games in the pipeline as well. And uh, very excited to be talking about the marketing here. I've probably come at it uh, from a slightly different angle uh, than uh, Kili and Mille. But uh, yeah, excited to be uh, going through all of the, the topics today. Awesome. Let's get started. So, Mille, what is your question and the context behind it? Well, I thought, you know, let's start off with something easy and, and you know, not at all earth moving or anything so forth. No, us marketing people, of course, like new tech a lot, and uh, AI's been a really topical the past weeks. So of course, I have no clue when this is going on, but let's pretend it's topical when you're listening to this. So 
you know, what do you think is the effects of AI in our whole marketing profession in, in 2023? And um, I guess, you know, it's everywhere. We're going to all use it. How are we going to use it? And, uh, you know, I'm going to give it to Yarno because I think, or Gidlip, because Gidlip looks like he wants to answer this one in a chippy. So I'm going to hand it over. Thank you. Thank you, Ville. I was I was uh, <laughs> trying to dodge this, but that was that didn't work in the school, and it apparently doesn't work here either. Uh, it's it's a it's a great question. I tried to think about like a, a beforehand because Harry, thank you for sharing sharing the questions in in advance. Uh, first of all, side note, I think all of our companies has pretty nice names. I had to say that I was about to say that like I'm the uh, factory and all this stuff, so it, it it's cool. Uh, one 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 thing to kind of like start with this with the AI is like uh, is is something that we are we are like testing and exploring at Hype Hype a lot because our, our our kind of like a platform what we try to do is to how to ease up and how to help people make cool assets and and games on their phone uh, with their phone and that that is not something that you start first of all. Uh, we try to take out the stuff that you need to code all the stuff and our asset and our team is actually working a lot with this one and try to figure out how how you can give like text input and we can give you assets that suit for your game whatever that is and we're actually having already success uh, or or getting small improvement in this and it's a little bit different than the ai in marketing but still like ai is something that is very close to uh, our company's heart when we go to marketing so i'll try to think, think about and and it was a good question in a way that I don't think about how am I using AI in marketing already, and and uh, our marketing team is super small, and I'm kind of like the only one working on UA. We have like UA like let's say managers or something like this. I have super good like video team making like videos and all, but 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 UA is something I try to do on the side. And I was thinking about hey, okay, well different platforms that we work with like Google and TikTok and others, they kind of like give us already like quite cool ways to use uh, AI that we are not maybe thinking about it, what happens there. So I'm not going to the chat GPT first, I'm going to leave it like history or how I'm using today. And just like today and yesterday when we work with the new ad creatives on TikTok, I was like thinking about when I put their stuff, it gives me copy text and variants like automatically like pick this because we think this will work best based on what, we, what they see in the stuff. Uh, one thing this is super cool, for example, that when you put their video, it might already give you like a several variants of the video that you should try this and that sometimes these are quite quite small video video kind of like creatives that they try to recommend that but they still do it the music is already there tiktok is a music platform for example they recommend you they put it to the beat and everything like this and and sometimes we just don't add even music to our videos we just put it there and we just press and we'll get three six different like a music music to the videos that are perfectly matched to it. I'm like, I don't know what happens in the back, but I, I guess that this goes into the AI, AI topic. So we'll, we'll like educate me on this one. And then kind of like the, the coolest part is that, that when I look at like what they're doing next and what these platforms next is that, that when I showed this new feature where you can add like a trailer and you can cut it out, it gives you basically in, in just minutes, uh, hundreds of different variants. Then you'll put that out there and normally the manual work is we, we've all been there with the manual work in Facebook and we all love it. But like you just actually, it automates stuff. You'll put maybe some budget like caps there and stuff like this. And then the monster algo of Google or Facebook or TikTok does the work for us. And we know pretty fast that what works. We don't know maybe why it works, but we just know that that works and all the others didn't work. And then uh, it, 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 it takes it forward. And it helps me a lot because I don't, I don't even know all the bits and pieces in that work. I can I can lift my hand and say like it's it's sometimes it feels like rocket science, the manual things, and at the same time they just do it and the numbers are amazing. And I'm like we can, I, I can focus on different kind of like things than trying to figure out that rocket science to be honest. And I kind of like I love that. And when I look at when it goes forward, so so it it really like I can just be like thinking about like going forward that it goes to the next level. Uh, and whatever that is and and i'm sure that we will see the platform platforms kind of like driving this because they of course are fighting the big fight against like each other and they want to ease the marketers and advertisers uh uh work take the manual labor off and give us good results with the with the cheapest budget as possible of course they will get the big money and it's crazy i love it i mean like marketing ai it's it's here and i don't know about like a I don't, I don't, I don't say anything about ChatGPT yet. I'll give give that to you. But I mean, like, 
I love it already today because it makes my life easier and better and I can see the results and I'm just super happy about it. So marketing AI, hey, bring it on. Yeah, I love uh, your points here, Akili, right? Because what you're essentially saying is that like beyond all the hype that's happening uh, already, uh, you're kind of saying it's already here, right? There's so many systems, there's so many things that we're already doing that's infused with AI in some shape or form or machine learning or automation, right? I think it really comes down to that, right? You're looking for efficient ways to speed up production or uh, new ways of automating things essentially, right? And I also love that it's, uh, you know, new year 2023. And of course we have a hot new topic to be discussing, right? Uh, and it kind of seemed like, you know, that there was a huge push into the new year of, uh, of this trend within uh, AI, right? And and if I can talk a little bit more, you know, just on, on how I see it, um, I mean, for me, it comes down to whenever there's like a sudden infusion of hype like this, I'm al I always get a little bit skeptical. I don't know if because uh, I'm becoming like an uh, an old soul in the uh, in the industry uh, by now, you know. Uh, but uh, I kind of see and look at AI a little bit like uh, a novelty, at least of where it is right now when we're talking ChatGPT and you know uh, AI generated uh, images and open AI, and I kind of feel like, okay, maybe over time, yes, it can become like a tool in the toolbox, kind of like what you're describing, Kitty, right? Like it's it's a way for humans to do work more efficiently, right? So you kind of have to kind of have to divide the, the diamonds from the stones in a way, right? Like uh, there's definitely a utility in this tool. Um, for me, until now, I kind of see it like, okay, sure, with ChatGPT and, uh, you know, generating AI images, okay, I can make it maybe speed up some, you know, quite cumbersome processes, you know, internal pitching or really quickly creating like a mood board or stuff like that, concept creation. There's a lot of interesting things happening in that direction. Uh, you know, some of the stuff you would normally scout Google for ages in order to find the, the right things. So, so in that sense, maybe, okay, there's a, there's a utility there. Um, but as a tool, it still needs to be driven by a person, right? So I still think this will be kept a little bit by the people, you know, in front of the screen, right? Or behind the screen in a way, right? Like uh, these are the people that are actually going to be driving the creative use of AI, if it, if it makes sense. And I kind of like the similarities, you know, like I'm a, I'm a really geek on media history and I kind of like, you know, the similarities going back to the 19th century, you know, you have the invention of the camera, right? And what did everyone say back then? Well, they were like, oh, now uh, painters are going to be out of a job, right? And there's no reason to be painting anymore because we're going to have a camera and it's much more technologically precise. Why should we ever paint like a landscape picture? And what really happened is that you got like surrealism, you got impressionism, avant-garde art, right? Like, so it really fueled like a, like a human creativity to kind of, you go in an opposite direction because you were getting like a, like a tool that uh, made realism so much simpler to recreate, right? And so for me, like, I, I just think like there's, there's going to be a long phase where this is like molded into something more interesting, but it's a tool and for me, I'm probably more seeing the clear cut use case right now in like very automated uh, processes such as, you know, customer response and FAQs and, you know, doing the, these kind of like simple manual tasks uh, just because of the genericness in, uh, in some of the, the tools that are being hyped right now. Uh, and I'm actually more, uh, more excited for user generated content and the automation of tools for user generated content that uh, that you guys are exploring killing but uh, yeah that's kind of like my five cents on it yeah, i think that was more than five cents if we're honest anyway i feel like kind of where i came from with this was of course like chat gtp was was something i was playing around with quite a lot and uh, of course i realized really quickly that i in my use i'm very limited people can code things and can make an average writer, a great writer, and so forth. But uh, Yepa had a great point, and Yama as well. Like, it is just a tool. It will make things faster, better. If you're creative, for instance, struggling to come up with an idea or put words on page, Molecules have told them, well, you know, your writer's block is going to be gone real quick with this. And uh, having having thought about it, talked with with colleagues and other other friends about it, it is pretty much like still next year is pretty much going to be about like exploring, you know, professionals getting their hands on kind of trying to figure out what you can really build with this. And I'm kind of really hyped. I'm, I'm sure we're going to see, and this is 
me making a bold prediction for Q1, we're going to see the first AI-generated ad campaign from like a Fortune 500 company, and they're going to be like, yes, this is completely done by AI, and aha, look what we can do. But to be honest, it still does have its pitfalls. It's not like 100%, you know, you know, please write me an essay and it's, it's going to be perfect. No, of course not. Then, of course, I would say that the book interest industry would be in, in some trouble. You're like, please write me a New York bestseller, please. And it's like, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> and then you can just ship it and, and basically you're an author. Um, so I, I think it's not necessarily that much foolproof, but it does make things easier. And from the art perspective, my experience at least um, with, with some serious artists playing around with, with AI, I have to say that those guys got more out of it than I did, for instance. So it's not that anyone can go and generate like beautiful AI-generated art. There is still a human skill factor, and you do really need that. But where it kind of gets cool is that like those guys who could do maybe a couple of still assets can now do multiple because it's just so much more faster. So like back to Yepes points about like, it really does tur turbocharge uh, the asset creation side. And I was also thinking like CRM emails, for instance, you know, this kind of automated stuff, it, it probably will be automated sooner than later. That's already a pretty automated system. So, you know, this content creation aspect of it, you know, a few prompts in, you're done. Um, of course, somebody, I, you guys should actually try that, you know, if you have those CRM systems and see how it goes. Uh, my personal test, of course, was on LinkedIn and, uh, you know, posting stuff that I have, you know, written myself and thought very insightful. Then I asked ChatGDP a little bit, can you help me? And, and uh, I have to say that my followers like the AI better than me, at least in terms of engagement metrics so you know it, it might be a little bit worrying but i'm not worried myself so luckily luckily my profession is still somewhere else than in linkedin post but it does show the little bit of the potential that there is and i think we can uh, as marketers find value and leverage that uh of course free time is always something especially in games marketing you never have enough of it so if you can find somewhere where you can steal you know a day or two yeah, that's going to be a big, big difference maker for your dream plans and so forth that you can leverage that into better advertising. So I would say it's going to make things run faster, at least in 2024, uh, three. Yeah, that was the, when you talk about the artist, that's some, that was interesting uh, in, in, was it in Roviacon hearing about like how artists think about uh, when, when Every, let's say everybody can with the press of a button or typing some text get some art and then how do the professional artists it could be professional copywriters as well uh, feel about this and and I, I I felt based on the discussions there with art directors and and being in the industry for 10 20 years having like some concerns about like is the, uh, their art being used for some uh, AI art or how's the work i mean like it will their work end and then actually and that was interesting interesting thing to kind of like uh hear how they how they think about this yeah and i can definitely understand why they feel threatened on a broader level in terms of it right but i i, I love your point really in terms of you know like put a better or a more skilled artist with the tool right and the output is so much better as well right so i do think like it's coming back to this perspective between automation and creativity right and and as you said Kelly, like the the platforms and you know you see this in generating ad creatives and running ad campaigns and taking you know like taking the human out of those processes because it slows it down and it creates not enough uh, variancy essentially right i think that's really where the utilization will uh, will improve uh, massively right like you input something that's been creatively made by a human right and then whatever can be automated and, and speed it up essentially. Uh, uh, that's, that's the goal of it. That's the end goal. Right. So for me, like, uh, speaking with artists, I can definitely understand uh, why they feel threatened, uh, by it. Right. Also coming back again, you know, to the analogy with the, with the cameras and, and painters back in the 19th century, it was the exact same discussion, right? Like that is going to put them out of work, but I really don't think that you can replace like the creativity that a human bring into this, right? Um, yeah, uh, definitely the point. Like, um, 
this is kind of a better tractor, if you will. So, you know, the horses are more now for leisure use. And now, you know, we have a new tool at our disposal, at least for now. I mean, it's very hard to say that, for instance, an AI would sell to you, for instance, call uh, Giddily up on Monday morning and sell an influencer campaign to him. I don't think that's yet yet necessarily the reality. So um, I think it, it's just enhancing at this point. But I do understand and, and completely um, sign off on on the artists in a way that is my art being used. You know that that is a totally different. Well, it's included in this, and I didn't even really think about that aspect. But of course, like you produce art, you pour your heart into it, and yet it's going to be used like that. That is not really cool. So there's. For commercial use, um, you know, we should be probably as marketers really vigilant with that in, in terms of like making sure that we do it the right way and the artists get credited and pay for their work as well. I hand, but I can't remember what was my, my point anymore. So, so I'm just going to put here that, uh, I didn't know Ville, that, that the post that you put was, uh, generated with the uh, uh chat gpt and the question is does it matter if i enjoyed it i liked it it was like generic and and that's the thing when i go to google and i write something and it gives me answers i'm i'm still trying to evaluate and the the is it fake or is it something uh worth reading or whatever and that's the thing like uh i wouldn't want to be maybe a teacher in the future trying to <laughs> evaluate like a, when the students give me something and try to think about like is this made by you or is this made by something else so so that might be harder for them but yeah it i'm that also brings back memories from high school defining uh online you know this new thing called the internet and you find your essay perfectly written and then you basically control a and basically copy paste that job done um and of course i felt uh i think i got like a b plus from that so it was it was okay but uh, of course, technology has moved forward uh, in these days, and I think ne next is going to be AI, you know, writing pattern recognition and so forth for schools. Uh, that's a new business idea for somebody if they want to run sort of company around that. I think there might be a market for that very soon. Now I'm just listening in here, musing, and the I just read an article like literally yesterday, like schools in the Netherlands where a lot of the students just basically just don't do homework anymore just put it through Jack GBT and the teachers are like I don't know what to do like there's literally what do you do so I don't think text-based homework is going to be much of a thing I, it's like I think some New York schools tried to ban it and I think that was the key thing I took away from this like text-based creation is a lot easier but like a video like this that's not going to be done by AI anytime soon and I feel like what Yepa said earlier, like, of course, if you want to get a clear photo of land, you can, but if you want something more impressionist, something different, you're not looking at AI. And I feel like that's just going to be valued more knowing that text-based awesome articles, copyrighted, decent grammar, isn't as kind of I don't know, scarce, if that makes sense. And but it sounds like there's a lot of different things that AI is going to be using. And I like the idea, like apparently it's marketing AI already a thing. So it shows that it's going to grow, keep growing. So before we move on to the next question, I'll leave it back to you uh, for just some final comments. Well, I would kind of end with Jarno's uh, comment just now that does it really matter if, if it, you're enjoying it and you find value in it? Then from that perspective, you know, does it really matter? And of course, from, from the maker's perspective, you know, yes, it's a great tool, but I like earlier we raised the point about artists and their artwork and so forth. You know, there is, of course, downsides to progress and this kind of technology. Awesome. My comment on that is, oh, raise hand. Yeah. Jarno? Yeah, I, I guess ex exactly the la last comment from me, me is this, that what we try to figure out, and this is not related to marketing maybe, is that exactly is that if I would press a button on my phone and that would generate me art. And when we go to the part of like digital ownership, so I'm interested in a way like, if I make uh, digital art uh, with AI and then I own it, let's say like a, like a, uh, it is minted 
some like a Web3 crypto, and then I will sell it and make money out of this. So that kind of like a, is is a interesting things that we are thinking about in our in in our company in a way that can we can we help making games assets and stuff. But then if uh, Ville draws an asset that is used versus I will press a button and get the asset that is used and I will own and, and sell it. So we'll try to think about like what, what's the kind of like the best way to do this and, and explore. I'm sure that someone will explore this this uh, in the future. Well, all very interesting stuff. Uh, awesome. Um, I have a lot of things to say on that, but I'm going to be a bad pod. I'm going to be a good podcast host and move on to the next question. Uh, so that is from Yepe. Yepe, what is your question and the context behind it? Yeah, so I took a slightly different angle to this and probably wrote the longest question in the history of mankind for a podcast, but uh, let's try and cover this. So basically, uh, I'm really curious about uh, how you guys see, you know, uh, the distribution of games going. And specifically, when we think about games becoming increasingly more cross-platform and diversified with new stores, platforms, you know, social platforms specifically, subscription apps, you know, such as Apple Arcade, Netflix games, um, uh, Roblox, Discord is experimenting with games, you know, which platforms and services are you guys uh, most enthusiastic about? And uh, and especially from this perspective of tying products and marketing and audience as closely together as possible. And, and of course, uh, Keely, uh, you're working right in the midst of it. So I'm uh, not uh, to offend you, uh, Mila, but uh, I'd love to uh, to hear your thoughts on uh, on this question first. Uh, was it Vilna first or? Perfect. Okay. Uh, well, okay. I could talk an hour, but I'm not going to do that now. We can talk afterwards with that with uh someday but this is i mean like when i saw the questions like oh my oh my yep what have you done but uh uh well first of all i love platforms i come from xbox and i've been working on xbox and xbox live for almost 10 years and and when i look at like how xbox does now with the xbox uh game past the ultimate where you pay ten dollars and you get hundreds of games on any device and how they work with the cloud and they buy they buy like massive IPs and franchises, and I'm like, they will be they will be the kings kings of like AAA games, and they are already looking like the numbers and the growth. I'm like, that's exactly like the Netflix of games, if you will, in a way, and and they're doing big moves in that space, and I'm happy for my for my old colleagues at Microsoft. Then Roblox, I I be I've been studying too much Roblox maybe because that's like a, one of the one of the uh, inspiration if you will, for us at High Pipe. When I look at like Roblox, I look at my daughters play Roblox every day. They hang out with their friends. It can be hours. And 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 I'm like, when I saw TikTok coming out or musically, it was like years before TikTok like exploded when I saw kids using it. A little bit like with Snapchat. Roblox was the same. And and the, the boomers didn't maybe see what's happening, but we can see. And now Roblox numbers are like 60 million daily active users. I'm like, I look at the numbers, I look at my kids, I hear what they do, and I'm like, I'm like, that's amazing. And and thing that when you look at like exactly is the the marketing audience and product, like how you tied it up. And I would probably say simply like when you have a a platform that has the audience and 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 uh, it has the content and the product is is focused on develop the developing tools for the community. Because that's something that drives us the high pipe is that we are not building tools to ourselves to build new Badland or new games. We will of course do that, and that can be let's say high pipe originals someday. But actually, we are talking with the community and we say like, what do you want to build? And then they tell us what they try to build and all this stuff, and we build the tools for them. And yes, we might make thousands of games on our own, but the hundreds of thousands, millions of games will come from the community, the user uh, generated content. That's how Roblox works. And when I look at like the the last year's numbers, I had to check it out. It was like 80, 80 million avatar items created by the community last year in Roblox. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, I'm like, that works exactly like this. And then the community drives the content and the imagination. And, and we can do that in our studio. We can do a good game or a couple of good games, but when it's a platform, it works differently. And then when there is data, we all have data here as we're like, a, we're, we're marketers. So then when there's data, data can be, I say, used 
to help these creators to advance in a way that when we do a hype app now, we have over 300,000 games made in, in, in two years in a couple, couple countries already. So when you look at the data, so now we are building, uh, giving that data to the creators and say, hey, this data says like, hey, people uh, didn't like, they, there might be a bug in your game here and all, and you might want to want to make it better. So we try to help them to be better content creators in game aspect like in instagram or we or tiktok gives you video insights and stuff like this so it's like a social media platform with games and 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 roblox is such an inspiration i i look at what they're doing xbox game pass what they're doing and of course netflix trying i don't say i i'll give i i, I think we'll probably have some netflix comment might have so but i'm i'm a big platform fan and the question uh, the, the the answer of this three years from now the ones that are uh uh let's say that are improving or development developing their platform like Discord. They have app marketplace in Discord, and they will bring games there as well. So the ones that kind of like are thinking about future and changing and improving and their platform to the better, they will be the winners of the future. All the ones that are building new platforms, hopefully that's one of us at Hypepipe, can be can be maybe one kind of like one winner of the future in in, in gaming aspect. And and then the ones that kind of like might be might might not change or might not improve. They might be in problems. I'm, I'm a true true platform believer, period. All right. I have to go after that. Thanks. Anyway, yeah. So, like, the way I see it is that these Game Pass, um, the, the Game Pass is, is amazing. It's great value for money and so forth. I'm a subscriber myself because it, it is just more convenient. Backlog is amazing and so forth. But you also kind of have this idea that it's such great value. Where is the pivot point? Like they're growing now, like insane numbers, but this can't, can, this is not sustainable. So this has to pivot to somewhere. And like Gilly, Gilly said, they are kind of acquiring a lot of big, big evidators. And then you have this kind of distribution channel already available. Oh boy, you know, you're solidifying quite a lot of the market there. So that might be one of the ways. But the question was also like, what are we? What am I enthusiastic about? And it's super interesting to see. Um, this is kind of an attention business, if you will. So you have a streaming platform like Netflix, and Netflix wants you to watch sh shows and stream shows, right? But now that's not enough. We have to move to another area, which is games, and they're making big moves in in that area. I'm super interested to see who's next, like who follows suit there. Um, is it, isn't Amazon, is it Disney? Disney has been doing really great with Disney plus Amazon has, well, Amazon has this new superpower called infinite money. So of course it's interesting to see how that works out. And on the console platforms, I always felt that it, people don't play consoles, they play games, right? So the box, what you have under the TV is interestingly diminishing in value as we go forward. Um, also not helpful because PS5s, of course, if you're lucky to find one, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of demand, unfilled demand out there still for that console Been doing insane numbers. Everything gets sold out immediately and so forth. But that kind of hurts the next, this current console generation. Not all the gamers who want a next gen con console get one. It means that usually people are, they're pretty smart. If I can't get option any, I will look for alternative ways. So is it PC? Is it something else? And so forth. It's good. They still stay as gamers, thank God, but they will be playing on a different platform. But going forward, I think whatever console you have matters very little. I think it's what subscription service you have is what matters the most. And that is very, very interesting in a way. Let's go back to Netflix, having games, basically mobile games currently, but you know, news came out just a couple of months back. They're hiring a triple A team in in you know california so something's going on so th these guys are obviously you know aiming high with their ambitions and then i think in three years we're going to see what that is hopefully sooner but you know these things take a minute to develop right so i would say that that's also a challenge for us who doesn't necessarily work for these platforms so if you're trying to push a product that is not on let's say Game Pass, or let's say it's on, not on Netflix and so forth. If these 
platforms get a lot of say. We're basically in another uh, Google Apple situation where there's just you know few shovels in the in, in in town, and you got to pick one, right? So how do you stand out in that? So the challenge is basically going to be fractured, and how do you stand out in a multitude of titles? So that's going to be really uh, probably not a three-year problem. I would say five-year problem. I've been wrong before, but I'm going to just put that on the timeline. Um, so th that's kind of what I'm looking for. And um, I would say places like Discord, Discord might have a place still and so forth. But I think what Discord does is going to get integrated to some other platform as well. It's just going to be a, like what we're going to end up with in, in like 10 years. It's, it's just one app that does everything, you know, like it's just one thing, right? And everything's on that. I think there's a lot of hands-on. So let's, let's, uh, yep, but you have something. Uh, it's going to be the super app, right? Uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's WeChat in the West just for games. Um, no, I mean, the, the reason I'm asking the question is, of course, right, the, that the inherently distribution drives marketing in many ways, right? And the platforms drive the distribution. And it's a really complex question, this one, because all of these platforms are not created equally, right? They, they kind of come at it from different angles, right? Uh, something like Netflix come from a content-centric uh, aspect, right? They they want to build great content, but maybe they're lacking a little bit in the social or the audience uh, experience, right? Because that's not a thing they've been used to because it's been a streaming platform. So it was more, you know, uh, broadcasting to many, right? Whereas something like Discord, for example, or even looking at Snap or uh, Facebook, right, uh, Meta uh, these days, right, they have the they have the users, they have the audience, they have the social behavior, but they don't necessarily have is the interesting experiences or the IPs. I uh, I love the mentioning here of uh, of Disney, right, because IP is gonna continue to be key, right, and what is their next move gonna be? They've been creating content in the past, and they went into licensing, then they went back to content, kind of been back and forth on this, right. Now they have like a, a huge reach with the Disney Plus, right? It feels like a like a natural next step. But I think at the end of this, or at the, of course, the, the question right back to you guys is also kind of like, okay, how do we as game developers or as, you know, they come in all shapes and sizes as well, right? But how do we choose in this very fragmented mar uh, market, right? Like, do you want to go for the platforms where you can kind of like, okay, I deal directly with the platform and let them handle the distribution and the uh, reaching the audience and everything or do I like choose a platform where I'm more in charge and actually have have control of the distribution so so yeah that those are I mean like super great points and and coming back to Villa I wanted to say like a, let's remember like now when we when we got the music like Spotify as the Netflix show but I mean like I just go to Spotify and the song is there and I pay for them. I'm glad to pay. The value is great. And think about like 20 years back what it was. Sir. And 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 that's the games. And in games, I, I had this. There are also losers. I mean, like Google Stadia, for example, there's been like big players trying to figure it out. And and usually it is like that. That I, I, I feel it, it's like you have a big budget, big company, and then you try to get the best games like AAA games. I have this. They don't have it exclusive. And then they, they kind of like a fight the old way. I put it this way. We've been there with Villa like a uh, uh, Forza versus Gran Turismo. Who wins this? I mean, like, but when we go to like exactly it's the Roblox is like I when Roblox have the, the UGC games and content and and the numbers. I mean, like I, I just have to put it out because these numbers they came out today in the in the Venture Bit article is that uh, 15, 15,900 uh, experiences published per on on a single day. And I'm thinking about us publishing like mobile games. We go to App and Google Play stores and there is reviews and at these pictures and everything like this. And it's a hassle and someone has to do it and all. And then versus you go into videos and music and, and maybe music as well and, and, and pictures and soon games where you go and you make it on your phone and then you press like you post it like a social media stuff and it's out. And there is no middleman, if you will. There is no like publisher. You are the publisher. That, the, that, that, that it's like community made. And then the kind of expectation is different. And, and some people might say, hey, Roblox has lots of bloody games. They are not good. I mean, like, that's subjective. It's like if, if the kids love it and they love to play those, they're good. I mean, like, we can look at the numbers. They're amazing. They might not be good for us, but Zoomers, they love it. They, and and I'm, I'm, my kind of like a bet 
is is on the kind of like the UGC content and and uh, everybody being a content creator like in uh, TikTok or YouTube and Instagram in, in different kind of forms of content and games in the future as well. And then at the same time, there is definitely room for the AAA content in all these. And the big boys and big girls, they will fight like Disney cut the contract and took their own path. And I love that, to be honest, because Disney Plus value is great. It didn't make sense for them to pay and have the customers at Netflix service. Great decision. So it's 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 super interesting to see what happens. So and yep, the social thing. That's the thing. I I in Roblox. Uh, I I don't say people always even play. They just hang out in Roblox. At least my kids. They can be a couple hours there, just hanging out, uh, dressing each other and and dancing in the in the experiences. And and the IPs are there as well. There's like Spotify and Gucci and Nike, and the experiences are just games made on Roblox together with the brands. So it's a little bit different. So world is changing. We'll see where it goes. Uh, just a super quick comment on that, right? Because it also ties a little bit uh, into uh, the AI gener- generators, uh, gener- generative stuff that we were talking about, right? About the content saturation, really, right? Like you're speeding up. You mentioned the the numbers from Roblox, right? Kitty? Like yeah, like it, the speeding or the speed of production on content is just uh, gonna be insane going forward, right? Because if you give the tools, everyone can be a creator, and essentially. It's probably going to be like maybe uh, before jumping back to you, I mean, as well, but uh, just asking you, Kili, like, how do you go about, uh, you know, uh, curating that content, right? It's probably going to be the most interesting. How much can you adapt machine learning into that and actually push the right content uh, at the right time, right? Uh, I think uh, I think a lot about that uh, also in terms of marketing. Yeah, um, I, my, my personal thinking is that what makes TikTok so special is the algorithm. TikTok algorithm that that kind of like learns from you and gives you your for you feed and the videos for you is the Google search of searches. And all the other algorithms in the world are Bing searches. I work with Bing, so I can I can say that and, and, and be proud about it. So TikTok algorithm and how fast it learns and gives you the gives you the stuff that you deserve or you even know you wanted to see, it's amazing. And in our case, when we try to do that with games. I'm, I just like give like super big props to our data team trying to figure out how to give games and, 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 and change the discovery. So the discovery changes from that you go to App Store and you look at top charts or you type there, I want something in a way that you just, you are there and it brings you as soon as possible something that you deserve. It can be social, it brings you villa, you're playing here, let's play together. It can be a game, it can be a continuation of a game or whatever. And, and that's the biggest probably challenge that we have with high pipe because we work in games, not in videos. And 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 it's super interesting how our data team tries to figure out how the algo works and the discovery because the ones that make the discovery is uh, uh, discovery uh, fast and simple and tailored are the winners. And that's why TikTok is better than any other platform in videos. But who, how, what will be the Spotify? What will they do with the discovery going forward music? What will we do, be do with games or Roblox or others? So the discovery is the thing and you can make that so much easier and now TikTok has raised the bar it just brings you whatever and super quickly so I I, I love that question thank you awesome um, I was just thinking on this like the platform like in my opinion like if you have TikTok I'm thinking the only reason they have so many people trying spending hours and hours making content is because they might have that chance of getting viral getting a career making money getting famous and on Roblox, same thing. If you are really good at making content on Roblox, you can make a killing. I've seen articles about it. And same with Minecraft. And I feel like if you have hundreds of thousands of stuff being made on your platform, in my opinion, like when you get to that point, that level of content, then at one point, well, there's only so much that someone's actually going to spend loads of time playing. And those great things that are going to come out, if you want that on a consistent basis, you need that stardom possibility in my head like the chance of hitting it big whether it be making a game that everyone on the platform is talking about people are sharing it and then you get a little piece of the pie whatever that is doesn't have to be massive but the ability for that to happen i think that is going to drive more content which is going to and then you got a kind of a snowball effect and i think that's why like roblox is really successful and tiktok is really successful and it's ridiculous like i saw 
a like a video talking about like TikToks, like terms and service and stuff and like how they can get you their algorithm to sort you out in like half an hour. Like there's nothing really like it. And I think that fact that you can do it in like half an hour is crazy. And if you manage that, I mean, that's pretty decent. Then literally it's going to, this thing knows me and then boom, I'm stuck forever. I'm, you know, TikTok's on my phone for the rest of time and happy days. Uh, Keely, thoughts? That's uh, even in Roblox, how I, how I think about when I look at Roblox numbers, there are winners who make a lot of money and there are millions of games that have zero players. And that's I think that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, ex- exactly. And then kind of like for us, we, what we try to do is maybe the TikTok thing is that uh, my, my understanding is that when you put TikTok video out, you always get some 500 views, whatever happens and kind of like tests it. And what we try to do with Hypebib is that everyone who puts a game out there, it will always always get a certain amount of, of players. And this will kind of like decide, will it get a boost in the algo? But you always get players. It will never go into App Store and no players. And that's already a value itself that, that our community is loving. They're like, I got 500 players on my games and they're loving it because they got someone to play. They got their first follower and stuff. It's, it, will it be viral and stuff? And the outcome in the end can be money, but the money probably is not the motivator when you're like, let's say, 15-year-old kid who just want to create something. And that's same with TikTok as well. Maybe the money comes in the end, but it's kind of like something else. But I do, I do kind of like the discovery. And what we think here, and this might be different for TikTok, is that in TikTok, I think it's a peaking channel, entertainment channel, where I go and you don't know what I'm looking at there. It's my thing, my stuff, and you don't know it's a small small kind of like phone when we go to like roblox that's your friends and xbox you see your friends playing and and your friends are the recommendation and that's where we're probably going to drive with hype up as well because if i see what ville plays ville is the influencer recommendation for me versus it comes to me in the feed the feed can give me the best thing as well but i'm like ville says ville like this ville recommends this ville wants to play this i'm like hey ville knows games so i'm gonna go and test that game and that but was something we tested at Xbox Live back in the day where uh, uh, it was like probably 10 years ago, is that advertise a new game or try to get five players from your friend list to play that game. And when you open friend list and five, five people are playing new code, you are interested in the code. It doesn't, you don't need that anymore. So I think the social kind of like recommendation and social proof is super important in these things. And that's something that at least we're going we're gonna, to uh, pursue it for with high pipe. So yeah, I, I just wanted to jump in really quickly because you mentioned Spotify, right? And I, I find this really interesting because what has happened essentially with Spotify, right? And uh, I'm a big music fan, so I've been uh, looking a lot at the platform in general. But the interesting thing is that it really changed, you know, uh, the role of the musician uh, and it devalued the, the value of music, right? Until almost nothing in many ways, right? And Spotify became more, you know, today it's more of a, it's a marketing tool, right? It's a way to reach your audience. It's not the way to make money, right? And I'm just like, I'm speculating here a little bit, but uh, maybe there is a, a weird future for some types of games as well, right? Where they're maybe more seen as a way to, you know, do marketing, engage with your audience and then like the monetization or the actual the actual, uh, you know, uh, yeah, process of making money on games comes with deeper or other types of content after that, or uh, in-app purchases on top of that, or like games is as the only interactive medium actually be able to leverage that. But I'm just like, I love this whole <laughs> conversation around how these platforms operate, right? Because um, they 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 essentially have many things in in common, right? The, the the size of the audiences and the ability to reach, you know, massive audiences audiences uh, globally. But uh, they're also very different, and uh, and the value that there remains for the for the game developers after that. I'm very curious about long term. I love that because on TikTok, I just realized like you're not on TikTok to make money. You're on TikTok to get famous, to get people to subscribe to your YouTube channel to then make money. And I feel like fame and the clout is what people kind of are asking for and if you have something that has an algorithm and can go viral uh, consistently like it's not it's purely value based there's nothing got to do with subscriber based or followers like it's purely based on how good is this content uh that's gonna cause boom you know people loving your game spending all their time on it and then happy days wow i'm excited i need to move on to the next question Kili, what is your question and the context behind it all right thank you harry we could talk a lot more about that last question that was very good yep. so my question 
uh, is how important do you see influencers and users generate content in the marketing in the coming years? That's the question. And the context behind is that I love working with people and I, I've been I've been working with influencers a lot and now I work with user generated content and, and of course this will be and are combining combining in the in, now and in the future. So I just wanted to bring people here and wanted to hear like your thoughts on the influencer marketing and, and, and going forward. So that's it. And anyone can uh, maybe we'll Thank you, thank you. So I mean actually funny enough I just started thinking, listening to the the platform discussion in a way about that. Like, for instance, let, let's take Mr. Beast, who's basically what you would call an like you know end game influencer. The man is, but he and his company, it it's a platform. You can eat a Mr. Beast Burger House. You can buy the merch, so forth. So it's a whole amusement park for for a better reference here. And I I think that this is kind of indicative of where where these guys are kind of taking it it's no longer anymore about you know just you camera channel and your community you're doing some content it's also the plus ones on that so where's the shoe deal coming from and where's the car deal coming from and so forth so it's getting way way more professional of course for us in terms of you know marketing side of course we want them to promote our fantastic games and so forth no, it's so, getting I mean, more competitive. Actually, funny so enough, because I, they I are also professional. Thinking, to the, uh, they have the always been kind of very knowledgeable way, of what their like, audience likes, which is one of the great benefits of doing influencer marketing. They do understand, like, like, okay, you know, their game is not a fit for my the community. Is, they don't like it. However, this other guy, his community, might like it. Talk to this guy. So, this is getting to a point where the amusement part of doing influencer marketing is going indicative of where these guys are That usually would drive you to go with smaller influencers and so forth. You can uh, channel your community kind of and you're doing some content. Thing where, it's also you know, it's the been going plus on ones on that. So where's the shoe deal coming you're from? You're on your where's the car up. deal coming and from? And the so guy forth. you worked with six months ago so it's getting way, way twice more the price because they, guess course, what? they have twice the audience. They probably added a new channel as well to talk about the price to or the price itself as well. And kind of finding the fit is going to be, it's always been crucial. It's always been kind of very knowledgeable. My take, and I love to hear you guys' opinion as well, especially because you've been working on a lot of influencers. They do understand like, okay, your game is not a fit for my community. Like finding the game for influencers and the channel combination that actually Works. That's I've fantastic. seen so many of these brand integrations where it's just shuffled in. To a point where the cost, in a way, like you know, uh, you talk of, about doing shampoo, influencer and marketing at scale is going to be and going up. You know, it, it, it gets at the same time fast. that usually would drive you to go to smaller influencers and number so forth. One job. Uh, but I think that organic. will be kind of feel like it a thing where you know, it's been going on for a long time now. Whoever's you're on your guest at their house. You and be the guy you worked with right. six months ago is so, you now know, that, twice that's the price because and find guess what they have twice the audience that they probably added a new um, channel as well I think there's also like TikTok is booming as a channel like and kind of finding the fit is going to be from a it's always been it's always been kind of hard definitely going to see that probably being more what they say in the media mixes and media plans is going to be a bigger chunk there senior work and it's interesting to see what happens with game like the influencer and the channel kind platform, of combination that, that actually works. You know, I've seen so many of these brand integrations where it's a, just shuffled just in now, look at what's in a way like, you know, cool you talk about our shampoos whereas I, other channels really, have what? You know, the awareness you know, component it, it gets or, you know, I want to know more about and this in detail, you know, so they serve kind number of number one job because um, it should feel organic, it of, should feel like it matches whoever's brand you're borrowing, whoever's tried your, you know, you're a guest at their So house. I would like to hear like more of your right. thoughts on. So you know that, that kind of fit and finding that is is crucial. Yeah, I mean it's a super interesting and also broad question this one, right? And it kind of comes back to you know you mentioned authenticity a little bit as well, and also trying to understand you know what does an influencer even mean, right? Because it's it's changing you now from Mr. Beast, which is almost like a media agency or a media platform in many ways, right? It's massive right to smaller micro influencers right that still have an audience that uh, that you're really interested in and i think like 
you can really put a scale on the importance of this, right? Uh, it really depends on what kind of game developer and the platforms you're looking at, right? If you're an in indie PC console developer, like uh, influencer strategy is essential, right? If you're a maybe mobile subscription developer, maybe not as high on the list. Uh, one thing that I think about a lot essentially on this topic is that like with the overall changes to privacy, user privacy and direct response marketing, you know, game developers will most likely pivot even more towards finding, you know, meaningful audiences, right? And, and as you mentioned, in the influencer marketing, you know, what you have there is a very loyal fan base, right? Or a very uh, specific audience that you can maybe tap into. If you have that overlap in terms of brand and product, right? And you have that authenticity that's so difficult to create, right? So I do think we've been in like a boom of, uh, people becoming broadcasters right for a long period of time right and it's just becoming more and more massive and increasing at a you know at a higher higher pace um one thing that i i don't know how much uh, you guys have been looking into it but one thing that i'm really inspired by and really interested in is some of these hybrid companies or hybrid media company stuff like genved for example and captain tv you know that kind of starts mixing games and influencers and broadcasting you know uh uh, these massive audience experiences where you have influencers being able to play directly with their audience as well, right? I find that trend really interesting just because we're in an interactive medium. So I'd love to actually tie those things more together. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like my uh, initial thoughts on uh, on this topic. Super good answers. I, I put lots of notes here. The authentic, authentic content, I think that's something that kind of like resonated nicely and, and I remember if someone wants to, wants to Google Key of Keely and, and Mountain Dew and Doritos and eat free, you will find like a authenticity and, and, and in, a, in a level of like a amazing levelness. But I think that the exactly is that the creators and the influencers being like more aware and they kind of like a, they're cutting, they can be cutting, maybe the biggest ones, not, but they're cutting out the middlemen, the multi-channel networks and stuff from the beginning from the middle and and if i would have like a mcn i would change my strategy like yesterday because uh because the alternate strategy probably doesn't work and i'm looking like the the i've been saying like tiktok is doing good stuff and and for example tiktok because that this is why i also believe in platforms that but the platform they have the content they have the creators they have the audience they have the data and when i look at that for example tiktok they have this uh creator marketplace of of the best content producers from tiktok and they are, you can make like fixed deals with together with the uh, TikTok uh, video makers. There is no middleman, there's no one. And you kind of like work closely with them. And if you give them freedom and they want to work with your brand and, and the fees, fees right, you can just like do amazing influencer stuff uh, to, and partnership and content together. And there is no one in the middle. And this is how my understanding is that the best companies in this space in gaming as well, for example, like Supercell and other, this is how they work. And we tried this once. So a couple of years ago, when we when we launched our Rumble hockey game, we actually tried this. Some might sound stupid, but at the same time, it's just we we just want to test crazy things. So we we gave 100% revenue share to our influencers when we launched Rumble hockey for a month, and we were able to put it on top of the list on iOS and Android in France with the influencer. We didn't do lots of UA. We just wanted to test out what happens. 100% revenue share. It doesn't maybe make sense, but uh, it was amazing to see like what happened. And we worked together with the influence. And I'm like, it was crazy to see like a, what it, it might not be something that we will do in the future, but still it was, they, they were surprised that this is like something. Uh, the other thing is the channel mix. I like that when, when uh, Willie, you said about this and just like thinking about in a way, like how much to put to the UA and the influencer or the influencer is the UA and all. But all in all, my kind of like uh, my take on this is that I love working with people. It's a lot of work and, and uh, Willie might know, but I usually like, I don't like to, uh, create like one-off campaigns at, at, and, and I try to work with like year or, or several months so we can build on the partnership. We can, uh, there is more freedom with the influencer. They can do stuff and we can fail together. We can learn through the failure and do stuff together and tie the brand uh, together. And that's something that I love and that's something we will do in, in, in the, with Hypepipe as well. But usually like that's something that I feel like is the, is the success criteria, is the, is the, what kind of like ingredients for the success. It's more work at the same time. Usually the journey and the results are, are better. So 
I'm a true believer of influencers and 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 in in a long term partners, if you will. No, hundred percent. Everything I'm hearing like resonate. I'm just want to say two cents as a consumer quickly. Uh, so like I don't really download a game unless I see an influencer play it, just out of self reflection, not a conscious decision. Um, one exception was Marvel Snap, just because I saw he got Game of the Year and that was shared by Marvel Snap. But I feel like that's an exception. Like I'm thinking. One of campaigns, like you said, Kitty, like the text-based stuff or the trailer you might make every other now and then, like twice a year, like it will get X results. But I feel like the authenticity of an influencer can't be beat. Like I don't need to see, um, I'm not talking like Raid Shadow Legends one minute in a video randomly. I'm talking like something that's integrated. Like, I don't know, the way Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast does it is quite well. Like it makes it a bit fun. He's not being very pushy. He's just kind of like making you aware or someone that you know is a good gamer, getting them involved. So like, hey, play the game, thoughts, be honest, have at it. If he doesn't like the game, that's something you can take into account. But like these ways of getting awareness from a consumer, I just feel like it's like logarithmic, the amount of success you're going to have like long-term, especially like if you can get a long-term partnership, they're probably, if they're good influencers, they're going to get better. So that's like the only way you can kind of like invest in a Dreamer. Like, imagine you know someone's going to get bigger, lock down a deal. Like, hey, let's do a two-year partnership. He's like, yeah, great. I want my 50 grand. If I only pay it out, like, in the next year, that's the only way I could think of to in- invest. Like, imagine if you knew Mr. Beast was going to get 10x. Just pay him extra now. Boom. Free idea. Lovely. Uh, Vila, do you have something to say? No, no. I'm loving the free advice. Yeah. No, just, yeah. just lock it down for seven-year deals. Go yeah. chop it's it. It's funny. It's funny, I've said that. I've never tried to do this. You're all laughing. It's like you will not be able to do that. But I, look, there's one sucker that will, and that's what counts. It's like buying a house. You just need one cheap one. Uh, awesome. Guys, I'll conclude you there. We went a bit over. Really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, this has been the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank Yepet, Villa, and Gilly for joining me and providing their insights. And thank you, everyone at home, for listening. If you'd like to get home, if you'd like to get involved in an upcoming podcast, just want to chat, reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can find me at Harry Foku, Foku spelled P H O K O. You.